Coming to you from the FlexFox Fantasy Federation's World Broadcasting Headquarters in Ottawa, this is The Weekly Show. As always, I'm your host, Nick the Man Penner, and I'm joined by my esteemed co-host this week. Please give a warm welcome to Ian Stads, I guess, Stadelman, and handsome Jamil Hussan. How's it going, guys? Hello, I am definitely Ian. It is going good. Going all right. Going all right. Uh, glad we're already in a postseason mode. Uh, the season has come by too fast. Uh, it is the, the first week of the playoffs now, so that's very exciting. Uh, it, do you guys, how are you feeling about this compressed fantasy baseball season? It just went by in a blink of an eye, which is good if it was as bad as mine was, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a mixture of like, you know, like every week kind of mattered and it was exciting, but at the same time you kind of feel, you know, it kind of feels very short, you know, like you want more, so... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like I felt my, my emotional arc that I would normally go through, but that much quicker. So all the, all the emotions were heightened for me this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, so as we mentioned, obviously, it's the first week of the playoffs. By this point, I'm pretty sure everyone knows whether or not they made the playoffs, but we can still go through week six, talk about uh, what, what might have been, what could have been, uh, and recap how we got to where we are before we talk about the playoffs a little bit. Uh, so a uh, bunch of matchups in week six, obviously. Uh, and the one we have to talk about out the gate, the, the one we said was going to be important, uh, and it was the showdown between uh, Chow and Newton, uh, two division leaders coming into this in the Redacted and the Jeffrey Jungle, uh, and one division leader coming out, uh, and that, of course, is Chow, who picks up the win here, 330.6 to 232.7. So not only does Chow win, but he does with a, a big point total. Uh, how do you think he must be feeling at this point? Like a champion. <laughs> like, this is scary stuff. Yeah, he's he's got to feel good. He's looking like the two-time champ Chow that we knew from the past. And I got to admit, I didn't see a 5-1 season coming out of, out of his roster this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say for Chow, it feels like he's sort of been bubbling under all season. Like, he's not one of the teams that we've really talked about a lot, but uh, clearly, he got to 5-1. and one. He had a, a really impressive run there at the end. So uh, kudos to him. I, th- I think he can be a serious contender at this point. I think if I, if I was a playoff team, he'd be the person I would want to face the least. Everybody else has had a cool week every now and then, but Chow feels red, red hot right now. Yeah, he's been, he's been consistent. And, you know, 330, man, like, if he can put up close to 300s, like, he can definitely steal a title this year and, you know, Add another one to his resume. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and again, the, the win here gives him the first overall seed in the, the Flexbox Family Conference, which is obviously huge for him. That's, uh, that's a big advantage in terms of playoff matchup. So it was really important to him to win this matchup, as it would have been for Newton. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and obviously, Newton takes the, the loss here. 232.7, not a, not a great point total. Obviously, not as terrible as it could have been, but... Uh, it's a, a tough loss for him to swallow, for sure. Uh, he still managed to uh, keep hold of the redacted division, so not too, too bad. Maybe it was a maintenance week for him. Who knows? Uh, yeah, fair enough. It, it obviously didn't, didn't knock him out of the playoffs by any means, this loss here. Yeah. Uh, but a bunch of other important matchups to talk about. Uh, with 330 points, Chow was the, the top-scoring team of the week, but the second top-scoring team of the week uh, was one Richard Tillo, Tillo putting up 282 points, and that was just enough to edge out Mike Kaminsky, who put up a, a big performance but fell short, 272.3, uh, so less than 10 points separating these two teams, but 
Tilla wins, moves to five and one. Uh, and then on the other hand, Kaminsky drops to, to three and three, uh, and unfortunately does fail to make the playoffs. So, what are you guys thinking after a matchup like that? Uh, I was watching, kind of keeping an eye on this matchup. They were neck and neck almost uh, every day, and I'm not surprised at the result. Like, Tillo's just been on command all season long. He's, you know, taking the season seriously. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if he can come out of the, you know, the jungle is crazy right now with him, Chris and Chow. We'll talk about that later, but he he's looking good. No kidding. Um, and all those maintenance weeks really hurting for Mike. Like, he got beaten <laughs> by a Vaz team in week two. What are you doing, buddy? And you missed the playoffs because of it. That's just how it goes. Yeah, I mean, Kaminsky obviously has, has a talented team. It's a team that struggled at times, but uh, he really did literally come within 10 points of making the playoffs here, which has, has got to hurt. You got to think, you know, if you, if you change things up a little bit, you got one streaming quality start. Suddenly it's a, a whole different ball game. So uh, it, it really does hurt to, to fall by, by that little. A feeling I am incredibly intimate with um, over the past two years. And if he decides to follow in my footsteps, he's going to have an absolutely terrible week uh, next week and fall out of Europa contention. So hope you can keep it together. Uh, that's true. Got to bounce back from a loss like that figure out a way to win in Europa. And, uh, and for Till, he obviously makes it as the conference qualifier with his 5-1 record. Uh, tech tied on record with Chow for the division lead, but about 100 points back. But, I mean, of the, you know, another 5-1 team, uh, and another guy who absolutely could be a contender this postseason. And I'm not sure, like, if I might be wrong, but I think this might be the first time uh, Kaminsky has missed the playoffs in quite some time, too. I, don't, I can't remember the last time he missed out on the... Well, Kaminsky missed the playoffs for the first and only time until now in 2017. Yeah, I, I don't have that in front of me, but it definitely has been a, a long playoff streak for him for sure. Uh, okay, well, so sticking with the, the Jeffrey jungle, uh, we've got two members in for sure now, and then there was uh, the, the man on the fence in this, uh, this situation was Chris Kennedy. Uh, needed a win to, to be relatively assured of a playoff spot. Uh, was taking on our boy Stads. Uh, and a win is what Chris got, putting up 244.3 to 159.6 for Stads. Uh, so Chris Kennedy punches his ticket, gets to 4-2, and two, gets one of the wildcard slots, makes the postseason. Uh, Stads drops to 1-5, obviously destined for the Vaz. Stads, how are you feeling after that one? Pure disappointment, man. I was setting up for 10 starts, and it was going to be a big comeback Sunday, and then the Waj is surprisingly not starting ESPN, completely silent about that. And I think my four or five pitchers that pitched anyway put up a average points of like two for their starts. And my offense was completely absent. And Chris put up about exactly as many points as they figured he would, and I just couldn't get anything done. Sucks to suck. Yeah, I feel like this week is something of a reflection of your season overall, where... Uh, it seems like you should have been doing better, but you're just spinning your tires a little bit there. Yeah, like I was hoping for you to make it a little bit tighter, but like Chris is on a on a mission this year, and you know to maybe surprise surprise uh, the league. So I'm not surprised with the outcome, but I did expect a little bit more of a point total from you uh, stats. But hey, what can you do? <laughs> so did I, man. So did I. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I mean, just to give a, a word to Chris Kennedy, a, a, a statuesque 244, should you say. Uh, I mean, he knew what he needed to do to get the job done. Uh, he, he was able to get it. Obviously, I, I think if he was in a more competitive race, he might have played things a little bit differently, but he did do enough to make the playoffs. So that, that's what this really was, was all about for him was that W. Interesting that they didn't use any matchup acquisitions. Uh, you would think that if he is winning by 100 points on Friday, he would be stocking up for a playoff round one squad, getting a couple streamers where he can, but that was not the case here. Uh, you clearly must be confident in his team as it is, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's finish off this real playoff drama. Uh, we obviously knew uh, who most of the playoff teams were at this point, but the, the real question was whether RKR was going to be able to win and, and get in at 4-2, and two, or whether one of the 3-3 three three teams was going to make it on points. Uh, and it came down to the wire, uh, and it was RKR who did pick up the victory, taking on Flex. Uh, he puts up 231.3, 172.6 for Flex, so obviously a, a lower point total all around, but RKR does what he needs to get it done. He's in the playoffs. How do we feel about him and, and his voodoo magic now? Uh, the voodoo's back, I guess? <laughs> That's how I'd put it. Five games started for him. <laughs> like, what a, what a Herculean effort, you think, right? And Flex's three games started? Like, geez. But they still put up points. That's what a good bullpen and good offense gets you, I guess. Yeah. Well, and I mean, RKR is in the playoffs at 4-2. and two. He has almost 300 points fewer than uh, most of, than every other uh, playoff team, pretty much. Uh, he has almost 400 points fewer than Ryan, who's on the outside looking in at 3-3. Three and three. I mean, he, he just found a way to get it done. He got the victories where he needed to. He won, won low-scoring games, and now he's a playoff team. Yeah, well, you're welcome, RKR. I remember week four, I laid a goose egg of 120, and he had like 170 or something, so that was enough. So that's just kind of the season he's had, you know? He's finding ways to squeak in Ws. Same dude, same story in week three for me. So there we go. Uh, obliterating podcast hosts on their down week is yeah. the key to victory and a playoff spot. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, and on the, the other side of the matchup, obviously, Flex uh, probably wasn't going to make the, the playoffs no matter what happened. Uh, he, he was more or less destined for a Europa fade, although he did control his seating somewhat. So uh, it must be a, a little bit tough to, to take the loss here, drop two and four, not quite make it 500 on the year. But I mean, given the, the season he's had, I think he'd, he'd probably be accepting of uh, uh, that record overall. No kidding. But. We'll have to see where yeah. he heads after the playoffs, which I'm going to be pretty curious. It's definitely, definitely uh, kind of odd just to see him and Mike miss out this year. And those are like, you kind of expect those type of teams to make the playoffs every year. But, you know, uh, Adam made the bold move to rebuild and, you know, this, this will happen. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's quite a, a changing of the guard in terms of playoff teams, but there are, are certainly some surprising teams, guys you wouldn't have penciled in before the season. And, uh, you know, it's guys like Kaminsky and Flex who have uh, longer legacies who, who take the hit on that. At least Mike has a ring. Flex has an almost ring. I don't know if that makes it better <laughs> or worse. Yeah, no kidding. Flex has a, a, a lot of questions that must keep him up at night. I'll say that much. Uh, but moving on, we've got some, some other matchups uh, in terms of determining playoff teams. Uh, it was going to be uh, an interesting watch to see who took home the evil division of evil. 
uh, there were a, a bunch of teams all right around 500, so it wasn't immediately clear who was going to be able to make the playoffs. Uh, but one key matchup that, that helped in determining that was the showdown between Ben and Ryan. Uh, ben really needed a win to have a, a shot at taking home the division and still making the playoffs. Uh, and uh, Ryan obviously needed a, a win and some help that he didn't get from RKR to make the playoffs. But uh, it was Ryan who, uh, who took home the matchup in Week 6, 263.7 to 207.4 for Ben. Uh, so both these teams finished the year 3-3. Three and three. Both are going to be competing in Europa now and, and not the playoffs. What do you think about these two teams? I love that after week three, I believe Ben was 3-0 and Ryan was 0-3. And, <laughs> and now they're the same. Just shows how exposed Ben got and how unlucky Ryan had been. Yeah, uh, Ryan's going to have to uh, give up that, uh, that belt now. So we're guaranteed a new champion. So like you said, it's funny how both teams were where they were after week three and look at them now. So. Yeah, I mean, it really does put their, their years into context a little bit. Uh, definitely changes the, the impact of the memory of, of watching that week one matchup at the Cottage. Uh, makes you think about how hyped Ben was, how good he was feeling at the Cottage, too. So it, it is interesting how quickly Ben fell uh, and that he really wasn't able to, to get it together at all in the second half of the season. That's got to be devastating for him. Well, that's the magic of a six-week uh, regular season. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and, you know, both these teams fought to the end. Uh, both guys used a, a bunch of matchup acquisitions. Both guys got to at least seven games started. And, I mean, yeah, uh, really, what can you say in that situation? Both these guys played hard. Is it uh, worth giving any airtime to Ryan's team name change to a pun on a player name that he currently doesn't own? Yeah, I mean, uh, Ryan, obviously, uh, there was the, the saga of the Mad King last year. I I personally like it when a, a team sticks with a name for a while. Uh, you got to get invested in the brand, so I, I'm not sure what I think of Ryan trying to revert his brand at this point. But uh, obviously, a short-sighted move. I think it's a it's a nod to. His, I think he's had that t- uh, team name before. So Sorry, it just felt like going back. He picked <laughs> him up from free agency this morning. My bad. He he does own him now, but yeah, that's uh. So he, he's had this team thing. name before. <laughs> like you pick up a. <laughs> guy who i don't think has been doing very well this season at all just to get your name back shows how much yeah. ryan cares about europa yeah i mean it's a, a real mickey mouse move a real minor league move uh a real europa quality move i mean i, I just think it says a lot about ryan and and how he regards the league i mean it's it's just it's it's not a great look no matter how you slice it he could have been the mad king mad in europa and this coming from your your reigning champion too, so there you go. <laughs> no more. Yeah, I, I even if it was the sad king, that would be more acceptable. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh. So so speaking of of sad kings, obviously Ben is out, uh, and that leaves the the evil division of evil uh, solely with Jeremiah in the driver's seat. Uh, and Jeremiah needed a win to bring it home, and a win he got, defeating uh, Garth M by a score of two twenty four point five to one twenty one point three. Uh, so obviously uh, another low-scoring matchup, but Jeremiah does enough to win. He gets to four and two. He makes the playoffs. Uh, what can we say about his team now? Well, what happened to the rebuild? <laughs> I so I, this is scary. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Jeremiah got eleven starts, which is a really good number, and had a less impressive point total than before. 
Um, I guess all the guys he added just didn't quite pan out. Still not a team I would necessarily want to face in the playoffs. Like He put up 320-ish points last week, I believe, or maybe that was week five. So definitely some potential there still. Oh, yeah. He's rostered right now. The way um, some of the bats are hitting, too. He's got a good chance to steal a round or two here in the playoffs. But another question I have about this matchup is, I thought, what happened to the, uh, this is Garth uh, M's year. Disappointing two and four season. His offense put up 31.8 points on a week. I know how that feels, buddy. It does not feel good, and you're just left being sad at your team and in the Vaz. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously a sad year, uh, considering there were there were apparently playoff prognostications at the start of the year. It's sad that he didn't make it back to 500, was really banking on him to beat Jeremiah this week, so that's obviously disappointing, but uh, it's it's tough on him. It's, it's been a tough time for his team, and I mean, I don't know how much Garth M can rebuild, but uh, I guess we, we might expect to see at least some of that this offseason. Yeah, we'll see. Garth McInnes actually rebuilding yeah. and making trades would make this offseason amazing. I hope it happens. Uh, it really would take things to the, the next level, I'll say that much. Uh, but let's, let's talk, I guess there were a couple of, of real surprising results on the, the week. Uh, well, first we have to talk about what is, is slightly less surprising, but arguably more consequential, uh, and that's the showdown between Ash and Graham. Ash obviously coming in 5-0, and uh, looking for that perfect 6-0 and run through the regular season, uh, and he fumbles the ball on the one-yard line, dropping this matchup to Graham. Uh, Graham putting up 217.6, Ash 196.8, doesn't break 200 this week. Ooh. I mean, what do we think about, about Ash uh, at this juncture? Um, I didn't see this loss coming, to be honest, and the point total. Like, uh, I was very confident on his, on his team to kind of ride the momentum into the playoffs. But this one loss could could be a sign of things to come based on his first-round matchup. We'll talk about it later, but I don't know how you guys feel. He's still the one seed. He still faces the worst playoff team by points, which is RKR. I don't... I, I think he can still bounce back with a softy first round unless he gets vooted. I mean, he's absolutely setting himself up to get vooted with a performance like this, but in terms of actual results, pretty pretty negligible. I mean, it does say something about Ash's team that he's still number one overall in points by, by a fairly wide margin, even with this bad week. I mean, he's, his team has just been so strong all year, which is why it really is surprising to see him take a loss like this, especially at the end. Uh, Jamil does have a, a point that, like, you know, momentum from one week really easily bleeds into the next. If you have a down week one week, then you really got to watch out, uh, especially in the first round of the playoffs. So Ash has to be conscious of that. But at the same time, there really isn't a reason, I think, for him to, to be desperate at this point. This is obviously the, the kind of loss you don't like to see, but one that's definitely uh, able to be overcome. Oh, yeah. Just his offense had a down week, and what you going to do? Tatis was over half his points from his bats. Yeah. And Bellinger had like a negative week too, I think. Yep. So Sanchez did, Polenko did, Gala did, Arenado and did. Arenado. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Looking at Graham, league management's complete robbing of him gets even more egregious as time goes on. If Graham had won that matchup, no, no points as no point differential even he would be the eight seed over rkr on point differential it's just crazy how one 
misunderstanding of the minor league system just takes you out of the playoffs like that. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a tough break for Graham. Uh, it it does feel like it would have been nice to keep that uh, that new owner in the playoff streak going, uh, and and Graham has has been quietly affected this season. I mean, I don't think anyone would have expected him to get to three and three, let alone borderline playoffs. So uh, I think obviously he's sad not to be in the playoffs, but the season has to be a, an overall win for him. I think. Yeah, like five hundred for a brand new owner coming into a, a league like ours. You know, so I would be pretty happy if I was in his. I was in. I was in his position. I hope he wins Europa as a statement. Well, and I mean, given the the talent that he inherited versus what Camp Christie inherited, uh, definitely seemed like Christie was going to be the more successful new owner. But uh, Graham's been active. You you see him on Slack sometimes. So full kudos for him for really embracing the league. Also getting seven starts. So key number there. Uh, both good things. It also helps when you you know don't keep the prisoner. <laughs> that's a good. It's a good tip. There you go. Never keep the prisoner. Uh, speaking of, of Cam Christie, he was in another very surprising matchup this week, taking on the Squirtle Squad, uh, trying to avoid the, uh, the imperfect season, and he does pull it out in the, uh, the final hour, winning this matchup against the Squirtle Squad 188.1 to 172.3. So obviously it's uh, a loss for the Squirtle Squad, drops them to 4-2, and two, but they were uh, essentially a playoff lock no matter what. Uh, and Cam Christie does get his uh, the first one of his season, although he is still destined for the Vaz. So in terms of outcomes, it doesn't really change anything. But good for him for getting his first win, huh, guys? Yeah. I, mean, I didn't watch this closely. Did the Squirtle Squad actually try, or were they sitting a bunch of guys to try to avoid a new owner having a winless season? I mean, from the explanation they gave on Slack, they weren't overly concerned about this matchup. Like, it wasn't like they were actively sitting guys, but... Uh, at a certain point, they were just only picking up starts, trying to get trying to get starts next week, basically. So it seems like they realized pretty early on this matchup wouldn't affect them, and the the winner loss wasn't that important. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, anything to uh, one's better than zero, right? So that's that's a that's a take for Cam Christie. So he takes the Campbell on this one. Yeah, the the Campbell <laughs> has. <laughs> 1-0 for Christie heading into next year. It'll be a key matchup in years to come. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely makes the name-based rivalry that much more interesting, I'll say that much. And, you know, for, for Christie, obviously, this has not been a great year for him. It's been a, a tough year for him coming into the league. Uh, obviously, maybe not the, the most active of, of roster management techniques, but uh, he does get a win, and that's got to, to feel it like a feather in his cap at this point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, a couple more matches we can talk about. Uh, Jamil, I know, know we're dying to talk about yours. It was the, the quest to escape the Vaz for you, uh, squaring off against Lim. Uh, a matchup of two guys, obviously, who have not had great seasons, but you were able to pick up the W here. You, you escaped the, the Vaz into Europa with 263.1. Uh, so, pretty good week overall for you. Lim only put up 187.2, so you beat him fairly easily. How do you feel about your season right now? Uh, well, the season, you know, obviously I was hoping to come close to at least 500, but based on like the, based on the luck I was getting, you know, I'll take two and four and escape the Vaz. I'm excited to see where Europa takes me. And to be honest, finally my pitchers, almost everyone but one pitcher got me a quality start. So that was a nice surprise. And I was going to do everything. Like I, I didn't really pick up really to try and beat Lim. 
I was kind of gearing up for next for this week, but I would be really upset if I did lose to him, <laughs> just because you know reputations on the line can't be losing to zero and five teams, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I, I do admit that I was cheering for him, wanted to see everyone get a, a win this season, but at the same time, very happy to see this win for you. Uh, you finished the year with the most points of any 2-4 and four team, so that's, that's obviously something to, to be at least a little bit happy with, and uh, now you can uh, focus on the Europa competition. Yeah, like my point totals actually hasn't been terrible. I, actually, I didn't really expect to put up these types of numbers except for that one week against RKR, but hopefully... You know, I didn't waste this 263 week on a limb. Hopefully it carries over to the Europa. So we'll see how that, how, how that unfolds. Exactly. <clears throat> Got to stay hot. Keep that good momentum. Uh, looking at it, like your point total is pretty darn good. I have to look over everything. But of Europa teams, that's one of the highest. It's basically tied with ryan's and it's behind mike's and otherwise i think it's the third highest of all the europa teams so just shows you could go far yeah and this was this was me with making some uh sell-off moves with the combination of like buying you know getting seager and i was hoping to get some benintendi action but he's out for the rest of the year so i gotta wait for next season but yeah i'm excited i'm actually feeling good uh, of how my team is looking compared to uh, in the beginning of the season. It was looking like a Vaz team for sure, but I'm happy to make it into Europa. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, well, and then speaking of Europa teams, I think the last <coughs> matchup uh, to talk about is the, the one between me and Aiden. Uh, obviously, uh, I, uh, we both had an outside shot uh, of making it into the playoffs with a 3-3 three and three record and a ton of points. Uh, and it was not meant to be for either of us. However, uh, I did take the matchup uh, 232.9 to 186.6 for Aiden. So uh, I moved to 3-3. Three and three. He drops to 2-4, and four, although by the skin of his teeth, uh, stays in Europa, knocking Garth M down to the Vaz. Uh, personally, I think I'd, I feel pretty good about this one. Obviously, wish I'd been competing for a, a playoff spot here, especially since it was a two-start week for DeGrom, but got the victory and, and got to be happy with that. Yeah kind of disappointing for Aiden. He was looking like he had some promise at the beginning of the season, but just kind of petered out, put up a 190-ish point total, a bunch, it seems. Exactly. I was actually expecting his team to kind of to make some noise this year. Not necessarily to go far or make the playoffs, but like just to kind of put up a better point total and uh, shock some teams here and there, but uh, Europa it is for him. And yeah, I mean, looking at his team and, and having matched up against it, there really isn't anything wrong with it, but there's not a lot right with it, if you know what I mean. It's a, it's a very average run-of-the-mill team, so it's, it's too bad that he wasn't able to have some guys have breakout years, but uh, you know what? Making it to Europa is still, still not the worst beat in the world. Not the worst at all, looking up at him. Mm -hmm. uh, but obviously that's going to do it for, for Week 6. The, the playoff field is set uh so we we can run through those matchups uh, uh obviously the there's there's the europa and the vaz to talk about too uh so the everyone's still got some some level of competition to to play in uh so i mean for for owners who don't realize or, or new guys uh don't don't turn off your your tv set just yet if you didn't make it into the the playoffs still a lot going on and, and still a lot of scoreboard watching to do which is half the fun of this league yeah, this was uh, but, this was makes our league fun. So, 
Looking forward to it. Grab some popcorn. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely popcorn season, so... Postseason competition performance also determines your draft lottery odds, so ceasing to pay attention now will actively hurt your ability to improve your team moving forward. Don't do it. I mean, let's, let's start off. We're recording this on, on Tuesday night, obviously. Monday was the, the holiday. Uh, so we can start off by talking about the, the playoff matchups and then work our way down from here. Uh, and so the first matchup is the, the one we talked about a little bit already uh, between the, the number one overall seed, Ash, taking on the lowest wild card of RKR. Uh, so, you know, the, the Ash came, comes in with the almost perfect season. RKR sneaks in by the, the skin of his teeth, but uh, all, all that's behind them now. They just need to be the first to get uh, three wins in a row. And RKR is up at this point in this matchup, 70.6 to 61.8 for Ash. So uh, RKR has the, the early lead, but guys, how are we feeling about this one? Ooh. I'll, let, I'll let you go Ian and I'll call Man, it. it could really go either way at this point. Very, very close matchup, 70 points for RKR, 61 for Ash. I feel like Ash must have something in the tank. So I, I feel like I've got to pick him, but I, I'm definitely going to be watching this one. I feel like RKR might just explode and put up a silly number of points, or Ash could have another wet fart like last week. Yeah, so as the season was going on, I was looking at Ash's team and the way he's performing. I definitely picked him and predicted him to win the whole thing. But just based on the craziness of this this year and the season and the way he performed last week, I think that's going to carry over. And I'm going to go for the upset special voodoo style RKR with the first round uh, upset right here. Voodoo style upset special. Love that a lot. Uh, I mean, it's definitely possible looking at the, this matchup. Like you guys said, obviously the records mean nothing at this point. Can go either way. Uh, Ash was real cold last week. You would have liked to see him shake that off Monday, Tuesday a little bit. Uh, so if it is a low, low scoring matchup, then I definitely think RKR has a, has a slight edge there. But on the other hand, I really got to believe that Ash is going to be able to kick it in gear. Come, come this weekend, come Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he'll, he'll have guys going out. He'll be able to get out, uh, the extra points he needs. So I think I'm sticking with Ash to win a, a surprisingly close matchup. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I got it. I, I went bold. I do remember, at, I believe this is his second playoff appearance, and his first one where, you know, the whole voodoo season, he faced me in the first round, and I knocked him out. So this time, you know, he's going to win it. He's going to win in the first round. <clears throat> there you go. It's uh, his, history echoing here. Uh, but we've got the, the other quarterfinal on the tough customer side of the bracket uh, is the one between Evil Division of Evil Champion Jeremiah and Conference Qualifier of the Squirtle Squad. Uh, and at this point, another very close matchup. 68.9 for Jeremiah, 63.2 for the Squirtle Squad. So uh, these guys within spitting distance of each other, but who are you guys picking and why? I think I'm taking the Squirtle Squad. I'm just looking at the amount of points that they're getting from their pitching tonight on Tuesday, which means that those pitchers will probably be back for Sunday. And I feel like this is going to be a 13-start week or something completely disgusting. I don't like betting against Jeremiah, but considering how bad the Squirtle Squad was last week, I have to think they've got something up their sleeve. Ooh, I I think I'm gonna have to go uh, the opposite. I'm gonna go Jeremiah. 
uh, it just the way a funny season has turned, it looked like he wasn't going for it. And, you know, these wins are just going to keep coming for him for some reason. And I think Squirrel Squad's ceiling is more likely a first-round exit. So I'm going to go Jeremiah. Ooh. Once again, strong arguments on both sides. I mean, and I do agree. It, it really could go either way in this one as well. Uh, but that being said, I mean, knowing, knowing who the Squirrel Squad are as managers, knowing what they were doing last week, putting in legwork for this matchup, having seen them firsthand, I mean, they can by sheer will alone win a matchup if they need to. I, I don't know if they're going to go all the way. I think they might be a, a one and done, but being able to win one round is, is really the least you would expect of them at this point. So uh, I, I think Squirtle Squad are going to be able to, to pull it out, maybe with a boatload of Sunday starts again. But uh, yeah, I'm not surprised if Jeremiah wins, but it really does seem like this is what the Squirtle Squad should be capable of. Yeah, it'll definitely be close. That's, a, that's another one to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so flipping over to the, the other coast, if you will, the Flexbox Family Conference, uh, you have the, the number one seed, Chow, in a Jeffrey Jungle rematch taking on Chris. Uh, who is obviously the, the other wild card opposite RKR. Uh, and right now it is Chow up by a, a fair margin, 87.4 to 65.4 for Chris Kennedy. So does Chris Kennedy have his own brand of voodoo magic here, or is, is Chow going to win and, and go no, Chow? Chow is, Chow is red hot right now. He called up Sixto Sanchez and he dropped 20 points tonight. That's a statement of where Chow is at right now, if there ever was one. Yeah, I think Chow's also on a mission. Uh, both both these owners are done a really good job just competing this year, but I think Chow really wants to cement his, his name and legacy into this league and try to go for that third championship. So uh, I think Chris's uh, run kind of fizzles out here, and uh, I'm going to take Chow. But I'm proud of the boys representing the jungle. So it's going to be a good one too. Uh, I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that Chow did edge out Chris already once this season back in week five uh, in what proved to be a, a very important matchup. And uh, Chow's only gotten hotter from there. So even though that was a, a close regular season matchup, it really is hard to bet against Chow at this point. He's got all the momentum. He's got all the heat on his side. And now it's just a question of, of seeing how long he can ride that for. So I'm, I'm definitely taking Chow to win this matchup too. Yeah. Uh, and that brings us to our, our final playoff quarterfinal. Uh, again, in the Flex Fox family, uh, we have the, the matchup between Newton and Tillo. Uh, scoring off Newton, obviously the division winner, Tillo the conference qualifier. Uh, and it's uh, a closer one, but Newton is still up 61.6 to 48.3 for Tillo. Uh, so it's, it's obviously too soon to tell, but guys, what are you thinking? Tell me about your Neil boy, Jamil. Ah, okay. So I really like Newton as an owner and like his team this year as well. I think this might be his first playoff run, I, I believe. It is. So I, I want to see him I want to see him do well, but like I said, I picked Ash to win the whole thing earlier, but I'm changing my pick. It, I got to go with the lone Neil uh boy in the postseason.
this is Tillo's uh, year to win. So Tillo's going to come out of here and take this thing all the way to the end. So I got to go with Jimmy Butler and Tillo. Man, that was inspiring. Got a, <laughs> I got something in my eye. Someone's cutting onions. But uh, for real, I, you got to think Tillo's going to go off here. Like, you don't call yourself fourth quarter Jimmy Butler to fuck up in the first round, do you? Exactly. If he, if he, <laughs> if he loses this, he has to change his team name, I would figure. That's just a disgrace to Jimmy Butler if he does. So, I bet. But I feel like he has a lot of uh, weight on his shoulders, too, a lot of burden. So, he doesn't want to disappoint a lot of people, a.k.a. the Neil boys. So, he's going to make us proud, and I think he's going to pull off this first round win and then take it far. Yeah, I'll I'll go with him too, I think. Like Garth is definitely going it's gonna be a close matchup. Garth has a great, great performance from Lance Lynn tonight, gonna put up twenty ish points. And I I think he's definitely got a plan. But I mean, I'm going with Tillo here. Uh well then uh you know, I guess it's up to me to be the, the dissenter on this one. Uh all brotherhoods aside, love both these guys, but uh, it really does feel like Newton has been very quietly effective this season. He's done a, a good job of, of winning and, and having consistent point totals from week to week, and that's really what you need come playoff time. You need a guy who's going to be able to go out and put up you know, mid-200s, high-200s, even 300 points he's, he's gotten there this season. So Tillo, Tillo does have a lot of heat, but he also has had some up and downs this season. He's, he's been sub-200 a, a couple times in his victories, which has obviously worked out for him, but uh, it does. It does feel like when the rubber hits the road, he maybe doesn't quite have the the consistency that Newton does. So uh, I think I got to stick with him on on this one. Ooh, we'll uh, see. Tough calls though. T- tough playoffs all around. It's it's definitely going to be interesting to see who makes it to the final four. Definitely. Uh, but I mean, bumping down now, we've got the the Europa. So obviously, these guys are are not quite playoff caliber teams, but Definitely a lot of good teams in here, uh, and and a simple one versus eight, two versus seven matchup. So uh, let's just start one v eight, where we've got Ryan taking on Aiden. Uh, Ryan obviously very disappointed not to be making the playoffs with the the strength of his season. Aiden just happy to be here and not in the vase. Uh, but it is Aiden who has the lead right now on Tuesday night, sixty six point six points to fifty four point nine for Ryan. Uh, do we think that that Aiden could pull off a, an upset special here? Oh yeah. Ooh. Ryan was just talking Ooh. in Slack about uh, Walker Bueller hitting 101 miles per hour, and he's currently given up four yeah, earned runs getting... and is negative two. Yeah. That that feels like getting, Ryan uh... asking to get slapped. So that's what's going to happen. Exactly. I'm going to take another one versus eight upset special in the Europa. And I you know I've been waiting for Aiden. Uh, Aiden seems to make some noise and. I think he saved it up for this week, so I'm going to go for the upset special. I'm going to go with Aiden. Uh, I mean, I know that historically number one seeds have not done well in Europa, and that it's a tough place to be, uh, and obviously there's a, a lot of emotion in this for uh, for Ryan, but I do think that he's going to be able to win at least one matchup here. He, he just has much more talent, much much more success this season, whatever you want to say. He's, he's just a, a better team than what Aiden's put together, so as fun as it would be to see him flame out dramatically in round one of Europa, I think he's going to at least make it to the second round here. Yeah. Fair maybe. enough. 
but but speaking of uh, a high stakes matchup, because I believe the the tattoo bet is in effect for this Europa round matchup, uh, round one matchup between Mike Kaminsky, the Illuminati, uh, and Flex Fox. Now the Flex Fox is Fantastic Farm. Uh, so high stakes. You you definitely want to win, lest you have a a tattoo of the winner uh, somewhere on your body. Uh, and it's looking good for Kaminsky so far. Uh, he's up ninety six point eight to forty four point nine. So flex down early. Uh, but how do we see this one winding up? Man, isn't it ironic? I think somebody mentioned it on Slack, but like Adam rebuild to try and get away from Mike in the playoffs, and they end up meeting in Europa. And this, there's this bet looming above their shoulders. So pretty funny <laughs> it's definitely kind of crazy that you know the dread run from it the tattoo bit still arrives um i, I believe flex has said he will get mike's face on his ass where has <laughs> mike said he'll get flex's face if he loses has that come up i swear it was mentioned at the cottage mike has previously stated that he would get the tattoo on his foot i mean like adam's got already a couple of tattoos so I'm not. I'm not gonna doubt him. He he'll do it for sure if he loses. Oh so. yeah, Flex is a man of his word in his own weird way. Uh, maybe Mike's season was a maintenance season just for this moment. <laughs> he knew what he had to I do. Mean, I mean, it's possible knowing the, knowing the rivalry and the the friendship these two have. So <laughs> they're both uh, Neil brothers. Do you have any insight on how that might affect this matchup? Oh no! These two, uh, knowing uh, Adam, I don't think he'll care if he wins or loses, because just because, like I said, he's already got a couple tats and he's a man of his word. But I, I, I can see Kaminsky a little bit sweating on this, so I, I think he's gonna pull up all the stops, and I'm gonna go with him, with, just based on the early lead and uh, the better overall roster. I'll go for flex. I, I want to see Mike get a tattoo of Flex's face. I also like the idea of our league logo, emblem, whatever you want to call it, being on someone's body somewhere. So <laughs> that's a world I will choose to hope for. Uh, I will say that I am low-key disappointed that this uh, bet is being enforced in Europa, just because I wanted to see maybe the ultimate uh, Flex Fox Fantasy Final one day uh, with these two guys squaring off with more on the line than anyone ever but you know it, it's good to see this this called in uh i would point out that it's sort of a, a revenge for the slap obviously with uh with mike doing the slapping of flex so uh just for that reason alone damn the torpedoes damn the big lead that kaminsky's uh assembled at this point it's got to be flex winning to set up a, an even bigger forever match down the road that possibly involves naming rights to a child Ooh, that would make things more spicy so we'll see <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Speaking of uh, spicy matchups, we have the the three six matchup in the uh, in the Europa League, uh, and that's going down between Ben and our very own Jamil. Uh, so obviously, uh, two guys who are are here in in the Europa and on the playoffs on the Vaz, uh, and it's Ben who has the the slight lead at this point on Tuesday night, forty nine point four to forty one point four for Jamil. Jamil, how are you feeling about this matchup? Uh, you know, now that I'm getting my foot wet for the first time in Europa. I'm here to win. Uh, I'm pulling up all the stops. I made up my first call-up win with Bobby Delbeck, and he rewarded me with two home runs today. So I shit the bed yesterday. I put up like negative four points total. But today, they bounced back. 
putting up a total of uh, 45 points so far. So I like my chances against Ben. Ben's a very, very good owner. I respect the guy, but I'm here to win. So I'm taking, obviously, myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think at this point, a, a first-round exit for Ben would really just complete, complete the story of his season falling apart in the second half. So I think, Jamil, I'm going to stick with you, too. Uh, just because Ben has has had a lot of bad luck, and I don't know if it's going to end right now. I think Nick said it the best. I know Ben's got a lead right now, but doesn't look like his pitching's in a good spot. And looks like with uh, the whole calling up a guy for 15 and a half points, you've tapped into something. So I'll look at you uh, taking that into the second round of Europa. Yeah, like yeah, a lot of a lot of clutch call-ups this year. Okay. Uh, well, that brings us to the, the final Europa matchup, uh, and that's the 4-5 and five matchup featuring Gary's Truly as the 4 seed, uh, taking on Graham. Uh, love the symbolism of this matchup, considering I'm the one that, uh, that sort of brought Graham into the fold in the, the Flexbox Fantasy Federation, so could be seen as a passing of the torch, could be me uh, rebuking the, the young Padawan here, so... Uh, obviously, I'm going to bet on myself. I think a, a uh, nice run to the Europa final would uh do do pretty well after a couple disappointing years have not had a lot of success in this competition as of late but uh definitely feel like i've got a, a good shot to go deep in europa so i'm taking myself but hey what do you guys think hard to tell um, for this one i feel like you and graham have put up pretty similar point totals this year uh, you're up 60 on him over the season which isn't that that's like 10 per matchup so really anyone's game I, I hate to say it, but I want to imagine Graham's got this fire in his belly against league management, and although you weren't responsible for applying the penalty against him, you know, you're in his way, and you still associate <laughs> with those who wronged you. It's a real John Wick situation. I mean, I, I'm going to have to go with, with the man here because just because he said it he's had he hasn't had much success in europa but i can see that changing for this 2020 season and graham you know he's had okay okay first year three and three but i think this is where you know like the the nice uh welcome to the league kind of ends for him so i'm gonna pick the man uh carrying some a little bit more of a momentum from last week so yeah there you go Bad, tough luck loser versus uh, some badass vigilante justice. <laughs> I love the narrative we're building. There we go. We don't just we don't just uh, make predictions here. We write narratives. We are the exactly narratives. the 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 rich rich fiction of this league. It really is astounding. Uh, but that brings us to the Vaz. Obviously, the the lowest competition. These guys have have not had uh, the most success this year, but. Uh, you know, it's not hard to win two matchups in a row. People do it every day, so it could be one of these guys. Uh, and let's let's start with the one versus four matchup. We have uh, uh, Garth McInnes, I should say, who who obviously fell uh, despite his two and four record into this competition, taking on Lim. Who you know now's a great time to get the first one of the season. It's a perfect opportunity, uh, and it is Garth McInnes who does have the the lead here early, sixty two point four to nine point five for Lim, so obviously not a, a great showing from Lim so far, but guys, what do you think about this one? Uh, it's the battle of the uh, non-active owners, so 
I I just don't see Lim winning, like just the way the, his activity in the roster's built. So I'm gonna go with Garth, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just one thing I want to note: if you're up 50 points in a playoff matchup, that's proportionally less of a point total because like that's only 20 percent of 250 points but if you're in the vase and you're on average putting up 150 points this 50 point gap is absolutely massive so yeah i feel like this is just too much for Lim to to be able to overcome unless cam's dad garth just completely shits the bed I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that uh, winless teams have, have a, an interesting history in Vaz competition. Uh, can never count someone out based on the strength of their, their season record, for sure. Uh, and, it, you know, it would be a, a great story for Lim to come back and, and win the Vaz. That being said, uh, it also fits the, uh, the Garth M storyline very well if he wins this one. But I don't know if, if it's in his nature to actually win competitions or just make them interesting, but... Uh, regardless, the the numbers really don't lie, and it it does seem like McInnes is going to be able to take this one fairly easily. So it'll really just be a question of of who he's matching up with in the Vaz finals and and what happens there. I want to point out that if Garth McInnes wins the Vaz, he technically went 500 on this season. Ooh, that is a good point. Yeah. Uh, uh, overall 500 is is still not bad. That's it. I can live with that for him. That's one way of looking at it. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, a, but that brings us. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, no, go ahead, Jamil. Yeah, I was just gonna say, uh, good choice on you there, because I uh, I listened to last week's podcast. You picked Lim over me, so if you pick them again, you know it's one of those fool me once, uh, shame on you. Like you know, one one of those. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I I can only bet on the losing horse so many times. Yeah. Uh, but that brings us to our final matchup, the other Vaz semifinal. Uh, and this is the, the matchup between Stads and Cam Christie, a couple of 1-5 in five teams squaring off with a, a chance to make it to the Vaz final and have a shot at glory. Uh, and it's, it's pretty tight so far and also pretty low scoring where uh, Christie has 28.8, Stads, you have 16 points even. What are you thinking about this matchup? Man, literally a couple hours ago, I was thinking, hey, am I going to put Calhoun in? Am I going to put Reynolds in? What am I going to do? And I was like, oh, Calhoun's against Bueller. It's an actually good pitcher. I better sit him. And now he drops <laughs> seven and a half points. And that has been me for the last two weeks or so. And I think that just perfectly encapsulates my season. I try to do something. I try to use a little bit of logic if I can. And it's just so, so very wrong. So yeah. I, I feel like Christie's gonna win this in like a Ooh. exciting one fifty to one hundred and like twenty point <laughs> swing here, and Man. I'm gonna feel bad and I will deserve it. Wow, that's a surprising, uh, surprising to hear from you. I, I I don't know, man. I'm speaking to the most likely winner of the the Voss here. You, I, you seem to have a fascination of uh, having uh, Adam's face on a Voss. Yeah, you might be starting a collection, so. I'm going to pick you, man. You're going to win this whole two-week tourney. <laughs> oh, I I wish I could believe that. I wish I had the confidence. And, like, if I win in a second vase, I kind of hope that Adam or Cam or whoever buys it gets me a slightly different tinted one instead of just clear so then I can start collecting a whole colorful set when my team is inevitably terrible again in future years. All right, All right Cam, you heard that. Start <laughs> putting it on your on your grocery list. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, I was all in for, for betting on Stads, watching him become the Vaz legend, cementing himself in, in, as, as the final legend. boss of the Vaz. Uh, but uh, it really does seem like you're, you're having something of a, a crisis of confidence here. Uh, but, you know, Stads, I, I still got to pick you. Uh, just because it does seem like it's it's your competition. It's it's something you've got experience winning before. Uh, you know what you're doing here. Cam Christie, uh, less less involved, less active, uh, really just coasting on. So I think by putting in just a little bit of effort, that'll give you the the leg up you need to win and and set up an interesting Vaz final. I I love the vote yeah, of man. confidence, but me putting in a little bit effort has been getting me negative points this entire goddamn season. Like, Ottavino was negative 11 points yesterday when the Jays had that rally. When does a pitcher put mm. up negative 11 points when it's me in the <laughs> fucking playoffs is what? <laughs> and, like, I, I, I swear to God, I should just, like, put my moves into a random number generator and it'll do better than what I'm doing as a manager these days i mean i can i can feel your frustration but man don't worry the level of competition you have in this i, I got i got you winning it yeah <laughs> maybe we'll see i mean it, i'll try in the immortal words of uh of some 41 maybe we're trying too hard when really it's closer than it is too far so uh <laughs> you, you definitely have the opportunity if nothing else to to win it man it's yeah it's definitely an interesting place in life when your choices are best summed up by a Sum 41 song. Uh, sure is. Uh, but uh, that's going to do it for our playoff preview. Obviously, it was uh, an exciting week six. Set us up a, a great playoff field. Uh, definitely excited to, to watch it with you guys this year. Uh, do, do either of you have any closing thoughts as we, uh, we finish off this regular season, get ready for the playoffs? Well, I just, I just wanted to ask you guys, just because I made my predictions kind of as we were going through the matchups. So I predicted Tilla winning the whole thing and myself taking the Europa and Stads taking the, the Vaz. So what's you guys' uh, predictions before kind of after this first round uh, matchups? Uh, what, did, what does the bracket look like? Does it reseed or is it a set bracket? Sorry, that's going to make me think about it a for little the, bit for the playoffs or europa uh the, either the playoff, playoff bracket is fixed and i believe europa is fixed as well okay okay yeah it looks like it's there um i i guess i'll start i think playoffs it's going to be ash on one end of the bracket and chow on the other and i think ash is going to take it in like a 400 to 380 point bloodbath and it's going to be awesome wow uh that that was eerily similar to my original prediction <laughs> so i'm going to alter it slightly uh and say that newton pulls off an upset over chow in round two uh but then ash wipes him in the the finals regardless Ooh. uh and then and then for europa obviously i'm taking myself uh, and I, I guess I'll stick with Vaz Legend Stads to, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. to win that one. Um, I'm, I'm gonna take Graham for Europa. Just, I, I believe in this fire in his belly, anger. Like he, he won a key matchup last week. He would have beat Ryan, and he's got some momentum. There's nothing so terrifying as a truly just man, Stannis Baratheon. Fair enough. But there you have it. Uh, definitely lots of uh, compelling arguments for uh, a couple of different directions here. 
but right. uh, you know, I, I think that's going to do it. We've made the prediction, so now we just have to watch as they come true. Uh, I want to thank both of you guys for being here. You've been great co-hosts. Always, always fun doing this with you. Uh, and as we like to say on every episode, good night and good fantasy.